This is Jesse Shrek with PracticalMissions.com and the Practical Missions Podcast, giving insight into church planning missions in postmodern culture and giving updates about our ministry and the opportunities that you have to get involved personally to make an eternal impact for the gospel in Italy. Today I wanted to touch on uh, the topic um, of missions and some uh, attitudes or approaches, mindsets that we need to take on as Christians, uh, for sure in regards to missions and church planting cross-culturally, but also this is relevant to every uh, Christian who has his own personal um, sphere of influence or should be attempting to reach the lost or involved in the Lord's Great Commission. Uh, the verse I wanted to pull out today, or to, to speak from today, is from 2 Timothy chapter 4, and the verse is number 5. And this is a verse that the Lord had really spoke to me through this verse uh, this particular this, this past summer. And it's a verse that continues to remain in our hearts and minds. And uh, the big idea for us here is that all of us really, as Christians, born again, regenerated, saved, uh, we have been set apart for the purposes of God, and we're called to live for Him. Uh, to walk in newness of life, etc. And uh, the reality remains true that the Lord could have taken us to heaven directly or in that moment when he, when he saved us, but He chose not to. He left us here for this purpose of living, living to know Him, living to honor Him, living to proclaim His good news, to be involved in this mission that is going forth, um, the building of the Lord's church, the edification of the Lord's church, saving of lost people, etc. Uh, so all that to say, we're all living basically in, in, in between two worlds. The idea that we're saved, we're redeemed, we have the Holy Spirit in us, we're new, we, we have eternal life, etc. But we're still here in a fallen world, in a sinful world, with our sinful flesh still present. Uh, so we are saved, yes. We are redeemed, yes. We have the eternal hope, okay. But our daily experience is not what it ought to be yet. We're still not there. We're waiting for the Lord to return. Um, we're waiting for things to be finalized, consecrated, for the, um, the Lord to fulfill what He's planning for His, his bride, the church. Uh, and what we really long to have and desire, we'll never fully have it here. We're in between two worlds. We're here, but we're still waiting for what is to come. And with that in mind, we'll look at this verse, uh, which again is the Apostle Paul uh, in Italy, Mm, at that particular time, in prison in Rome, and he's writing to younger Timothy. Paul is on his last uh, uh, part of his life here, fading out. Moments moments later, he actually says that uh, he's, he fought the good fight, he finished the course, I've kept the faith, etc. And uh, he's now pouring out his, his blood, so to speak, as, a, as an offering, a drink offering. The time of his departure has come. Young Timothy, on the other hand, still has a lot to do, a lot to accomplish, uh, the Lord is not done with him yet. Um, so Paul's leaving some last words here of uh, last exhortations, commands, things he needs to do. So it's very sp- specific from Paul to a guy named Timothy in a certain time of history, etc., in a specific context of a church plant, etc. But nonetheless, these particular things we see here are for us as well to apply to our lives. If we want to be uh, involved in missions that are gospel-centered, that are practical, we need to have these kind of things in mind and, and seek to develop them, seek to put into practice what we read here. Uh, if we want to be good uh, uh, 
Christians involved in the Great Commission in any way possible. These are things we need to have in mind. So I'll go ahead and read the verse and just make a couple comments, and we'll take it uh, as it is for us today. The verse says, But you, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. But you, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. A couple things to point out here. The but you, we'll start with that. But you, he says to Timothy. And this is for us as well. But you, we have to make choices throughout our life uh, that determine which direction we go and what we end up doing for the Lord or not. And uh, but you, but you don't do what these other people are doing as, as uh, he reveals in the verses prior to this. The idea that um, certain people gather, they want to be around people that tell them what they like to hear, that tell them only the things that sound good, but don't tell them the honest truth that they need to hear. We're all tempted in this situation. Uh, Here he actually says, these people want to have their ears tickled. They don't endure sound doctrine. Instead, they accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And they turn away their ears from the truth and they will turn aside to myths instead. And this is uh, something that happens all around us in in the church environment. There's many places that uh, compromise the gospel message, that make it all pretty and cute. Uh, Forget to mention the parts about carrying a cross, denying yourself, come to Jesus. Sometimes people say it's the best thing in the world, but rightfully Jesus said, come to me and die. Come to me, carry your cross, and deny yourself daily. Uh, So we need to make sure we understand that message clearly when we come to Christ. We're not coming to Him for material benefits, blessings for a better life, your good life now, so to speak. But we're coming to Him for forgiveness of our sins. We're wretched creatures before a holy God, and we need forgiveness. We need to be made right with God. Uh, But many people, to gather people in and make their church grow quicker, bigger, more money, everything, they'll avoid the hard truths that are found in the Bible and say just the nice things, just motivational messages all the time, maybe. Uh, But not get to the nitty-gritty, to the to the things that really make a difference. There's a reason Jesus said the truth will set you free. The truth is hard to swallow at times, but it does set us free. We need to hear the truth. And even in this letter that we have from Paul, over and over we hear these words, people of the truth, you are of the truth, etc. We preach truth, we live according to the truth. The truth has changed us and saved us. So when he speaks here to Timothy, he's saying, but you, Now, now they do this, They like their ears tickled. They like to hear what they want. Uh, They don't endure the sound doctrine. They make things the way they want them to be, and then it's easy, and, you know, the church grows quickly that way. But you don't do that. You be, as I mentioned before, you preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, etc., with patience and instruction. And you do this instead, what it's about to list, these other components of this particular verse. Uh, So we have an option to make also us in regards to our life and our involvement in the Lord's mission, etc., We needed to say, but I will be a person of the truth. I will endure sound doctrine. I will study the Bible. I will be involved in learning what it means. Who is Jesus really? Uh, What does it mean to be a Christian really? Am I really a disciple? I decide I will be of the truth. I will accept God's word as it is. I will not try to manipulate it and change it to my own ways. We're all vulnerable to this. We all like to have people tell us nice things. We all are suffering in this fallen world. We want things to be better, all of us. But we need to recognize all of us, saying, I accept reality as it is. Things are never going to be quite as I want them to be here on earth. 
But that's why my hope is in Jesus, because I know he's coming back. I trust in him. He's forgiven me, and one day things will be right. That's why John, the apostle, prayed, Lord, come, come quickly. He understood this, and so we need to also today. But you, and then he even says it here, be sober in all things. Now, it's obvious if you've been walking with the Lord any time, it's so clear. Being wasted, being drunk is not helpful. That's not a good idea. It's a bad uh, image. It's a bad way to honor your Lord, Jesus Christ. Just like if there's a king and he sent you out on a task, for you to go get wasted and just waste time, waste your life, be intoxicated, it's just a bad use of time. Who are you to serve the king in the first place? And if he gives you a task, at least do your best. Do what you can to be faithful. That has fine ways to get involved in the Lord's work. Getting wasted or being unsober is obviously not healthy. We read that in Scripture over and over again, that idea don't be drunk on wine, be drunk, on, you know, filled in the Holy Spirit instead. But I don't really think he's even talking about that idea. That should be obvious to believers. The idea of be sober in all things has more to do with this idea of enduring sound doctrine, having a sober view of life, a sober view of God, who he really is, this sovereign God, who even that difficult, troubling, disturbing thing in your life right now is not an accident. It's part of God's plan. He's using even that that evil thing, whatever it may be, to shape you, to mold you according to His image, to make you more like Christ. Our Lord uh, is sovereign. To have a good understanding of what that means. Uh, more than anything, I think Christians today, we, we lack a good understanding of what it means that God is sovereign. That's one of the most fundamental things we need to learn. So in our pursuit of a Jesus Christ and following Him, we need to make it a task to study the sovereignty of God, to know what that means. But to be sober... Uh, in all things has not so much to do with being drunk, but the, again, the idea of being, uh, having a right view of God, having a right view of this world, what it really is, what it's not, what it can really offer us, what it can't, and what um, the fact that it's fallen, and it will always be fallen until Christ returns. Uh, and then a, a right view of ourselves also would have something to do with this idea of being sober in all things. Understanding who you are. Don't, don't think too much of yourself. Don't think too little of yourself. Understand your identity in Jesus Christ, that you're a new creation. You have value in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. And you you live for Him. He is who you belong to. Uh, you were bought at a price. These are ideas that go along with this idea of being sober uh, in all things. So this is a commandment from Paul to Timothy, but it's also for us today. If we want to be good Christians, bearing fruit, involved in the Lord's Great Commission, ask ourselves, check ourselves, are we sober in all things? Do we have a healthy view of God today? Do we have a healthy view of ourselves? Do we have a healthy view of uh, this world? Hmm? These are things to think about. And then Paul goes on, he says to Timothy, and he could say, we could say he's saying it also to us, the Lord is saying it, endure hardship. Hardship is just a guarantee. Now, if we were one of these people above here in this verse that like to just hear things that tickle their ear, the, the good things, we would say we prefer this to be endure happy times, endure overwhelming excitement or something like that. But instead, Paul, and he speaks of it often, and he says endure hardship. Other translations say endure suffering. This is a part of life. Unavoidable. You cannot escape suffering. The question is how do you suffer and for what are you suffering? We can suffer because we're in sin. We can suffer because we're refusing to obey the Lord. We can suffer because we're doing things we know we shouldn't do or we're not doing things we know we should do, etc. We can suffer for all kinds of things. But here we're reminded of the idea that to follow Christ, to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ, there's suffering involved, hardship involved. To be involved in ministry, as he points out here, hardship is involved. To be a disciple who reaches out to the lost people with the gospel message 
It's not easy. It involves enduring suffering and hardship. Uh, the question is, how do we see our suffering? How do we see our hardship? Uh, and we even see Paul mentioning this before, uh, back just a chapter. Uh, he says, I also suffer these things, and I am not ashamed. Um, I know in whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted, etc. Another time he mentions here, suffer, chapter 2, no, suffer hardship with me, he says, as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. We need to remember that we are soldiers as disciples in, in Christ Jesus. Uh, it's part of what it means uh, to follow him, to be involved in his mission, to bear fruit like all of us want to if we're born again. We need to endure suffering, endure hardship. And then he also mentions do the work of an evangelist uh, to Timothy. Perhaps Timothy was an actual evangelist. In the book of Acts, we only read about one evangelist. Everybody, all of them were evangelizing, sure. But there was one in particular who was an evangelist. I think his name was Stephen. The only one called an evangelist. And usually in the church, there's only a few evangelists. All of us are called, though, to be involved in evangelism. We should all be desiring, praying for lost people, and praying for open doors to speak the gospel message to them. We should all be doing that. But there's always a couple that are particularly good at it for some reason. They're able to just connect with the people so naturally, so easily, explain the gospel so clearly, exhort so powerfully to people to make a change, to make a decision about what to do with Jesus Christ and to receive forgiveness and salvation. Uh, so there's a special call there, that idea of an evangelist. And uh, But the idea here for us is that we need to know our role, each of us. What is our role in this great commission of reaching lost people, of preaching the gospel? Some people should not be trying to preach the gospel. Other people need help so that they can preach the gospel better. Each of us plays a role, just like Formula One, the race cars. I used this as an example when I was uh, giving this message in church not long ago. Formula One, we usually put all the attention on the pilot. We could say in this case, the pilot would be the evangelist. Um, but we wrongfully give too much attention to the pilot. The pilot is important, the driver, I should say. The, the I think we call it a pilot still in English. Pilota in Italian. Uh, but anyway, the, the driver is usually who gets the attention, and it's, it's okay, it's good, because he is the one driving, he's making the quick maneuvering, and has a, a certain skill that's important. But equally important, and we forget this, is the role of the whole other team, the whole other body associated to him. The guy building the motor, one tiny little piece of dirt, something that falls into that motor, one miscalculation, torqued just not quite enough, or over-torqued and something cracks. The motor catches on fire, doesn't endure the whole race, uh, things go wrong, and then the driver's worthless. He, he can be the best driver in the world, but if the motor's not working, he ain't going anywhere. Same thing with the guys in the pit stop putting on the tires. They take two seconds too long, the race is over. Uh, these things all happen within a matter of seconds. One tiny little mistake, and it's over. They need to be precise. They need to know their role and do it. The guy putting fuel in, if he doesn't get it quite in just right, gas fills on the on the ground, and not enough in the tank, the guy can't even finish the race. Uh, same thing with the evangelist. He needs help from everybody else. The church body should be involved together in reaching the lost people. Everyone has their part to play. The important thing is ask the Lord, what is my part? Do I know what it is? For all of you who support me and my wife as missionaries, uh, financially, you understand your part well. You say, I can't go, but hey, I got a job. The Lord has given me skills to make money, and rather than keep it all for myself and buy fancy things, I give a large percent to gospel ministry and for whatever reason god put it in your heart and you believe in what we're doing and what he's doing in us and the need in italy you understand it and you say i want to make a difference god bless all of you we're so grateful for all of you guys who are faithfully giving month after month year after year but what's to admire here is that you understand your role rather than try to do something you can't 
You say, no, I'm going to help that person do it. Here's the money. Here's go. Do it. What I can't do. And I know one of our supporters uh, was really in touch with me. I think it was Gordon. He said one time, uh, whatever you need, just let us know so we can get it to you. You just got to make us know. Let us know what it is. And that way we can get it to you so you can keep going. Don't come back because of this. Stay. Trust God. We'll just keep giving you what you need. Just tell us. Such a beautiful servant attitude and the idea of understanding his role. Phenomenal. Uh, the other thing here worth mentioning, the last thing he says is fulfill your ministry. And I know I'm talking fast, but I just don't want to go along with these things. Uh, this is just for edification for all of our supporters who might be listening, uh, people who are partnered with us. Stuff that we receive from the Lord, we also, as much as possible, want to share it. And today happens to be a rainy day. It's our day off, and I have uh, just a couple minutes to do this before I run and get my hair cut. <laughs> uh, but the last thing he says, fulfill your ministry. What can we learn from this? Again, Paul to Timothy, they have specific ministries. Paul's ministry at this time, where is he? Prison. That's his ministry. He's in a prison ministry because he was put there. And so his ministry is also not just evangelizing the prisoners next to him, but writing these letters to the churches, to the uh, younger people that he's trained and left to do specific tasks. Um, that's his ministry at the moment. Timothy's ministry is to get this church established, grounded, to correct wrong teaching, to establish what it means, how a church functions, etc., uh, and these particular tasks that Paul's giving him in this verse. Fulfill your ministry. But the same can be said for all of us. We each have a specific ministry, uh, a sphere of influence. Wherever we're at, we're supposed to be ministering to those people, praying for the people around us, serving the people around us, opening our mouth, giving them the gospel in one way or another, engaging them uh, to help them reason in regards to the things of God because so many are just taught completely wrong things about God in this postmodern day. Um, fulfilling your ministry. But each of us also shares a common uh, ministry, which is the Great Commission. And I love it how Paul said it in Acts 20, 24. He said, I, my only desire is to fulfill the ministry that has been given to me, that is to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. To testify of the gospel of the grace of God. That is his ministry. That is the ministry for all of us as believers, to testify of the gospel of of the grace of God, the good news, to give testimony about it, to let others know we are living testimonies of this news, living examples of it. Um, how do we do that? That's the question. First, we need to understand what it means for us, not find our identity in, in our job or in our family or in other things that are good, but to find our identity mainly, principally, in Jesus Christ. He's my identity. He's the reason I live. He's the one who bought me. He's the one I belong to. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's everything. I don't base my satisfaction on how I feel, etc., on how things are going in life, but on who I am in Jesus Christ. To really understand that identity. If you want to testify of the grace of the gospel, or of the gospel of the grace of God, you need to understand who you are in Christ. Continue to dig that out and find out more and more what that means. All of us need to do this. Live according to who we are. Secondly, we show that gospel. And thirdly, we speak that gospel. We need to demonstrate it with our, with our tender heart towards other people, with our compassion towards them, with our interest in their lives, with our not condemning them, but instead telling them of the forgiveness offered in Jesus Christ and what He did. Uh, they go together. Good deeds, living well, behaving ourselves well, and then opening our mouth also, giving them the news that they need desperately to hear, that no one has the courage to tell them. Uh, these are what it means to fulfill your ministry. So again, Paul says to Timothy here, but you, be sober in all things. He's saying this to us also. Um, the Lord is saying this to us. Endure hardship today. Do the work of an evangelist. Know your role and play it. 
fulfill your ministry. Do what you were left here to do. Know what you were left here to do. Seek God. Lord, what is my role? If you don't know today, ask Him what it is. And then do it. Put it into practice by the grace of God. Love you guys. God bless you. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening to Practical Missions Podcast with Jesse Schreck. I serve as a full-time church planning missionary with Saints Equipped to Evangelize in North Italy. I also promote biblical or practical missions through the website practicalmissions.com. This is in order to help our supporters and all onlookers to gain perspective on missions, missional living, supporting missions, and church planning in postmodern culture. For more information, visit practicalmissions.com. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, you love the Italian people, you love the church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.